Live from the heartland and the crossroads of America, it's Tony Katz today. Assault weapons ban. I have a simple question for you. What is an assault weapon? Senator, um, an assault weapon would be, in in the context of the question you asked, what Congress uh, defines it as. So you're asking us to ban assault weapons. We have to write legislation. Can you tell me what is an assault weapon? How would you define it if you were the chair, the head of the ATF? How have you defined it over the last several years uh, as your role as a gun control advocate? Um, Senator, um, if I'm confirmed as ATF director, um, you know, my recollection is the only um, um, process but by which ATF is weighed in is that I know there's a demand letter three program which requires multiple reports uh, multiple sale reports on the southwestern border and ATF in that program has defined an assault rifle as any semi-automatic rifle capable of accepting a detachable magazine um, above the caliber of 22 which would now that's just one program But that's the guy who wants to run alcohol, tobacco, and firearms who truly believes, wholeheartedly believes, without question believes, that an assault weapon is the 9mm on your hip. Uh, Don't tell him I just bought a 40 caliber. I know, it's 40. uh, Don't don't ask. Don't ask. I thought the deal was right. I want to try it. It feels great in the hands. I haven't even had a chance to shoot the thing yet. Because trying to find 40 caliber ammunition, I mean, basically, I'm going to be paying like 76 cents a round. Whoo, that gets in some money. Tony Katz, Tony Katz today. It's good to be with you. Facebook, Tony Katz Radio, Parlor, Instagram, Twitter, at Tony Katz. He's in favor of, of gun bans in, in a big way. But that's who he is. That's who he's always been. I mean, he's pretty clear that he favors the banning and confiscation of AR-15s. Mr. Chipman, a minute ago, uh, Senator Whitehouse asked you if any of your views on guns are out of step with the majority of the American people. Um, they are, the AR-15 is one of, if not the most popular rifle in America. It's not a machine gun. It's a rifle. Uh, your public position is that you want to ban AR-15s. Is that correct? Senator, uh, thank you for the question. and. Thank you for our visit yesterday and offering me a Dr. Pepper. It made me reminisce about my time in Central Texas. But now to your uh, question. Uh, With respect to the AR-15, I support uh, a a ban as as has been presented um, in uh, a Senate bill uh, and supported by the President. Um, The AR-15 is a gun I was issued on ATF's SWAT team, and it's a particularly lethal weapon, um, and regulating it as other particularly lethal weapons um, I have advocated for. um, As ATF director, if I'm confirmed, I would simply enforce the laws on the books. And right now, um, there is no such uh, ban on those guns. But he believes you want to ban the most popular rifle. He believes in it. He wants to ban it. Now, the idea that the AR-15... Now, now, before we, we begin... For the people who who believe that AR in AR-15 stands for assault rifle. 
No, 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 no. no. Let, let, let's not be so mean. What if somebody had it wrong? Let's be helpful. Let's not be rude. Uh, AR is Armalite, right? It's 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 about a company that you know was was making them. It's it does not stand for assault rifle. AR fifteen is a platform, and it's a highly customizable platform. What you see from an AR fifteen looks scary, but is no different than any other rifle. It's just not the fact that I could put a, a sight or a scope on it, the fact that I could, you know, uh, put a put a, a light on it, the fact that I make could have, I could have other uh, accoutrement is not changing what the weapon can do. The nine millimeter on my hip is not more lethal or less lethal than the AR-15 in my home. Or the shotgun in my home, or the 40 caliber, or the whatever you've got in your home. Right? The shotgun in your home, the AR in your home. It's not more lethal. That's a lie. It's a lethal weapon. What is my car is a lethal weapon if used in the wrong way. Just ask the people of Nice. Just ask the people of the Berlin Christmas market. Just ask people walking down the street of New York who have been uh, run over by these these, these, uh, terrorists and these uh, jihadist sympathizers. What are you talking about? But but to to the point where I mean, you may have heard Ari interrupt. Yeah, I don't know what's up with the Dr Pepper. No, th- I mean I was gonna say, are we just gonna pretend that didn't happen? I'd like to I'd like to thank you for the Dr Pepper. It was very refreshing, and I, I was it was like cherry cola and different, and it reminded me of when my father once loved me, and so I I very much appreciated it. Uh, Senator Cruz, you're you're a handsome man, and if I could have just one more, please, that would be great to remind me of Daddy before he left. That was the same vibe, same Dude. vibe. Ridiculous. But it's dangerous what he's saying. And just one of the many dangerous people that Joe Biden puts forward. This gun hatred, insanity, these people are incredibly dangerous. Now, I want to go down the road with Senator Tom Cotton, who asked for the definition of assault weapon, and it did not come. Let's see if it, you know, he's still got time. Let's see what else gets said. Include a 223, which is, you know, largely the AR-15 round. So you, you believe that every weapon that takes a detachable magazine that can take a 22 round or, or 556 in military parlance should be defined as an assault weapon? Um, let me clarify. Uh, what I believe I just said is any semi-automatic rifle. Um, with, okay, any semi-automatic rifle. Um, wh- what? That's the definition. A detachable magazine that takes a 5.56 or 22 round should be defined as an assault weapon. Senator, um, you asked me um, if ATF um, had uh, used this term. And I was sharing with you my knowledge of a program in which ATF has defined this term. Um, And it is in the demand letter three program. And that rifle is a semi-automatic rifle capable of accepting a detachable magazine with a round greater than a 22 caliber. And in those cases, firearms dealers on the southwest border are required to make a multiple sale report to ATF. I, I'm, I'm amazed that that might be the definition of assault weapon. That would basically cover every single modern sporting rifle in America today. 
Um, let me put it this way. If I wanted to buy an assault weapon and I walked into Walmart or Cabela's or some other firearm dealers and I looked up on the wall where they were labeling their weapons, would there be a label on the wall for assault weapon? Um, I don't believe, um, Senator, and thank you for this question, that the firearms industry has used the term assault rifle in their marketing um, since there was a ban on it. Uh, it was after that that they changed uh, their use of the term assault rifle to the modern sporting rifle. Well, so I've been in Walmarts and I've been in Cabela's and I've seen that you can find sections for, for pistols or handguns or for shotguns or for rifles because those are actual kinds of firearms. I think our exchange here illustrates that there really is no such thing as an assault weapon. That is a term that was manufactured by liberal lawyers and pollsters in Washington to try to scare the American people into believing that the government should confiscate weapons that are wildly popular for millions of Americans to defend themselves and their families and their homes. Absolutely positively true that Senator Tom Cotton these are the facts as presented there is no such thing as an assault weapon it is not real if i throw a box of tissues at producer ari not saying that i have i'm saying if i did that would be an assault box this mythology that continues to permeate and now we got we want a guy like this in charge this sniveling, hateful shrew of a man. We want him in charge? Are we out of our heads? The people who hate guns really hate guns. Right? I, I saw this story on, uh, on Twitchy. And it was from a guy named David Weissman. I, I don't know. I don't know David Weissman. I have no idea who he is. Enlighten me. Why do civilians need AR-15s? Because we can't get machine guns. <laughs> if we could get our hands on an automatic weapon, we'd do it. But we've said, yeah, we don't allow that to civilians, so we get semi-auto. Do you think this guy even knows what a semi-automatic weapon is? Right? A, a semi-automatic is where you have to keep pulling the trigger. Right? If you, if you hold down the trigger once and it goes pew, 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 that's an automatic weapon. But you have to keep pulling the trigger and it goes pew, 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 that's a semi-automatic weapon. The difference is the number of pew, pews per second. <laughs> I'm trying to bring it down to a level these people can understand, guys. Help, help me help them, would you? Dear gosh. Why do civilians need? You understand that need is the question of the tyrant. Only somebody who is tyrannical only the person who is tyrannical asks about need thinking that they alone can decide for you what is important. Expl let, prove it to me that you need such a thing. Now, true, a parent can say, why do you need, why do you need 10 bucks? 
explain that. But that's about your $10 that you're giving it uh, to, to, to somebody else. This is a question of, of your rights. Do you have the right to defend and protect yourself with a firearm? Who is this guy to ask? Why, why, why do you need that? Why do I need that? Because your mom, that's why. What, what other answer could possibly suffice? There's no answer to that question. I've talked about this many times. I've got videos out on the subject. There is no answer to the question. The question in and of itself is disqualifying. Because the question of why do you need it is the question of the tyrant. And the free man does not answer questions from people who are interested in tyranny. Anybody who asks you why you need an AR-15 is proof of why you need an AR-15. Tyrants are out there. And some of them may be in charge of the ATF. I'm Tony Katz. This Indiana University story is going to go national. And it's going to set the stage for what universities do regarding COVID vaccines. Tony Katz, Tony Katz today. So good to be with you. Of course, there's a study that shows that masks, no effect, fall, winter, none of that kind of kind of stuff. All right, maybe it's a little more in-depth than that. But the mask and mask mandates, they, they, they didn't bring us anything. Mask mandates in use are not associated with lower SARS-CoV-2 spread among the U.S. states. That's from the study. Uh, you know, Phil Kirpin, you can catch, uh, you can catch that, that audio uh, that, that we'll have for you at TonyCats.com, breaking that down. But it's the IU story is fascinating. Here's the IU story. The IU story is that Indiana University has said you have to be vaccinated to come back. And the staff has to be vaccinated to come back. And you have to provide proof. The Attorney General of Indiana is Todd Rokita. And he said, whoa, 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 whoa. It's very possible that you can demand the vaccine. You can require the vaccine. Right? And maybe there's a question there. But you can't require proof. House Enrolled Act 1405 prohibits public universities from requiring proof of COVID vaccine, but it does not prohibit them from requiring the vaccine itself. So when you take a look at the vaccine policy of Purdue University, they say you need to be vaccinated to be back on campus, but if you don't want to get vaccinated, you're just going to get tested twice a week or something like that. That's what what it's going to be. And the proof of vaccination is required for optional activities as opposed to regular campus, regular life. IU is saying it differently. And certainly I think that if you're a member of the staff that you have to show it. It's, I, I, I think there's an issue there. 
But this is a very interesting conversation. You can tell people they have to get the vaccine, but you can't ask them for proof of it. You can't ask them to show their papers. You can't ask them to share with you medical information that is none of your concern. Can the argument be, but they're being vaccinated is of great concern. Because that's how we know do we have herd immunity. Well, you add that to the new mask information where they're still going to require masks. By the way, schools that require masks next year, oh, watch the parents go to town. Gonna dance all over their little itty bitty skulls, those school boards. This is gonna be a really interesting case. And, and it's worthy of reading. It really is. That that you have Indiana that engaged legislation on, on, on this on this subject, right? And this 1405 expressly prohibits state or local units from issuing or requiring proof of immunization status. And Indiana law and numerous cases, as pointed out by two state reps, Peggy Mayfield and Andy Zay, they say public universities are, quote, arms of the state. Now, that could be different from state to state. So Indiana, the governor may have a role to play in saying to Indiana University, yeah, you can't do that. But another governor may not have that role, may not have that opportunity, may not have that option, may be hamstrung because the, the, the laws don't, don't give them that uh, reach, opportunity, flexibility, power, however you want to say it. It's very interesting. You can demand something, but you can't prove it. So now you're in a situation where somebody's lying. Well, how would you know? They get COVID? Somebody who has vaccinated can get COVID. They infect somebody else. Somebody who's who's vaccinated can still infect somebody else. And once they have it, how would you know anything else? Well, now show us that you got a vaccine. They still don't have to show you anything. If they say to the doctor, the doctor says, are you vaccinated? You're like, nope. The university think they can get a doctor to then betray a confidentiality and share that with the university? Ooh. I don't think that's going to work. See, this this gets... uh, Forgive the use of the word. This gets fun. Very curious to see where this all goes. This is Tony Katz today on Facebook, Tony Katz Radio. So Juan Williams is leaving the five? I, I I didn't know that. And it was weird. He says he's leaving the five and he's going to stay in D.C. as the show moves to New York. When was the show in D.C.? Uh, maybe maybe I haven't been paying attention. I always thought the show was based in, in New York. Gutfeld's there. Perino's there. I think Waters is there. I'm not even sure who the fifth person is now. 
I think that that rotates through. Tony Katz, so good to be with you. I have never done the five. I have, I have never done uh, the, the five, and, and I, I'm pretty sure I'm not going to, and that's just the way that one goes. But it's so funny that uh, the response to this comes from Brian Stelter. What does Brian Stelter of CNN say? Juan Williams' exit from the five comes at a time when Fox has tamped down on dissenting views by reducing the prominence of Democratic-leaning voices on the air. Here's my full story. Are you out of your mind? CNN is diseased. How can you begin to state these things? You just got rid of Rick Santorum, the former senator of Pennsylvania. For something, by the way, that wasn't even bigoted. He was talking about American culture. He said there's not much Native American culture in American culture. He was referring to the fact that you don't, if you talk about what is an American culture, it doesn't really have itself a steeped history in Native American culture. He wasn't attacking anybody. And for that, he got fired. You see conservatives on CNN? You know when you'll see start things being better and they're able to talk about uh, the, you know, the, the kinds of, 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 of cross-pollination they have and the real openness they have? When I have a show. You give me one of Don Lemon's hours, the 10 p.m. hour or the 11 p.m. hour, I promise you it'll be the highest rated hour on CNN. Whoa. Six months is all I need. Damn, dude, that's a bold statement. I Fact. Write it down. I am Babe Ruth pointing out of the stadium, baby. I am calling my shot. Golly, let's go. This is not even a question. The top-rated show. But what a crazy, ridiculous thing to say. How do you not notice your own network in that conversation? You see, you could argue too many of our networks are getting rid of disagreeing uh, uh, personalities, and this will cause a problem. See, that would be a take. This is just an attack. A total lack of self-awareness. Now, this might be why CNN is doing so poorly in ratings. The ratings are down over 70%. In January, they had 798,000 primetime viewers. Now, 229,000. That's low. 71% down in the ratings. Now, maybe this all has to do with Trump. Can't have good ratings without Donald Trump, people. Trump is ratings. Trump is cable news life. Yeah, but you got to have something else. You have to have something else, anything else. You got to have an honest conversation with your viewers, with your audience. If not, do, do you think I don't understand that if I'm not honest, you will see right through it and be like, holy cow, Tony Katz is BSing us like a mother. Of course you're going to see through it. You're telling me there are hosts out there who think that the audience will just be like, oh, whatever. I guess it's possible. 
That, that was me saying, you know, trying to do an impression of people lapping it up. I think it's a radically inept way to do things. I think people see through BS. And this is why people aren't watching CNN, because they're not a news organization. You let Chris Cuomo interview Andrew Cuomo about COVID. He's guiding his brother on a, a scandal regarding sexual harassment that if it was any other governor in the nation, Chris Cuomo would be talking about it 24-7. If that was Ron DeSantis, Chris Cuomo would be doing the show from Tallahassee. He'd be in a windowless van chasing down DeSantis wherever he was. But it's his brother, so no, I'm not going to talk about it. Any. But he's going to advise him. He'll advise him, but not not do the stories. Well, if you're not going to do the stories, you don't talk about it at all. You don't have the conversation. It's just the conflict of interest. I didn't choose this life. You did. You chose to be a trusted person in media. You chose to tol- tell us, you call out both sides. You hit it right down the middle. No, you don't. What did you tell us? Family first. Okay. But your audience isn't interested. The audience isn't interested in daytime either. They have 461,000 total viewers for uh, their rebooted New Day show. Fox and Friends 1.1. 1.1 Now understand that Fox has taken their hits because of Election Day. And as we said, they would get a fair amount of that back. But there's still an audience over at Newsmax. And now you're going to have News Nation now. News Nation is Nexstar, which is huge. I mean, they're a gigantic company. And they're in televisions, on televisions, and homes all across America already. And they're putting out a 24-7 cable uh, newser that I think is really more interested in the news than the commentary. That's the way it seems to be going right now. But that doesn't mean they won't have some commentary-esque people or, 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 or things happening. Me, I love all this because competition is good. Competition is very good. But CNN can't lecture to anyone about, oh, look at Fox not having any diversity. You, you, you can't. You can't say that. You can't push that story. And by the way, it doesn't prove your story that fans of Fox are cheering that Juan Williams is gone. Well, of course they they would. If I got rid of producer Ari, do you know how many people would cheer? They'd be, oh, thank goodness. Oh, Ari, he was the worst. You'd miss me when I was gone. Yeah, but I'm talking about the fans. No, I'm yeah, about you don't miss me when I was gone. I'm talking about us. what you had. I, they'd be like, ah, thank goodness. Oh, all right, man, he was just terrible. People will cheer all sorts of crazy. What does that matter? This You're relying on a couple of tweets to prove your point? Okay. Maybe CNN uh, should, should hire him. I think he's still staying with Fox. Maybe CNN should give him a show on weekends in your place. If Brian Stelter wants diversity, why doesn't he advocate for it? Let's get some conservatives on the show right now. 
not not as guests as hosts and let them make their case by the way of course i'd do it it's not even a question why those tv people make bank that brian stelter makes more money than me is a sin And I would get better ratings than him. I'd get better ratings than everybody. Anderson Cooper, Don Lemon, Chris Cuomo. Name the show. Wolf Blitzer, Jake Tapper. I'd get better ratings than everybody. The show would be uh, intellectually honest. I'm far more entertaining. I'm hot as hell. All good reasons to watch. Great reasons to watch. If you ask me, then I saw this story really quick. I, I've only seen this in one place, but I, I'm willing to to believe it, and, and I'm willing to be proven wrong. There is a guy who worked on the Biden campaign. His name uh, eludes me right now. He worked on the on the campaign. Uh, Aaron Kayak, K E Y A K. That's it. And he tweeted out, it pains me to say this, but if you fear your life or physical safety, for, if you fear for your life or your, or your physical safety, take off your kippah and hide uh, any Jewish star that you might be wearing. Obviously, if you can, ask your rabbi first. Well, uh, allow me to help in case your rabbi is bi- busy. By the way, this guy led Jewish engagement for the Biden-Harris campaign. You want to talk about insane, insane advice? You, 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 you've heard me talk about this. This is insane advice. Let me say it again. You don't hide your kippah, right? That's, your, that, that's the head covering of sometimes called the yarmulke. You don't hide a Jewish star. You buy a gun. Oh, they might attack me. I better hide who I am. No, I'm going to go train in Krav Maga, and if they want to start a fight, there's going to be a fight. Hide? What are you, nuts? Buy guns, buy ammo, get trained, fight back, make them think twice. I didn't know that leadership was so damn hard. Leadership is really hard for people. If you are a rabbi, not in, oh, if you're a rabbi uh, who who, who uh, isn't willing to tell your your uh, congregants to learn how to fight back, keep yourself safe. Some people can't fight back, but if you can, you should know how to. And oh, by the way, Hamas is a terrorist organization. If you don't have a rabbi who can do that, man, quit that synagogue or fire that rabbi. Those are your options. Hide your kippah. Hide, hide your Judaism? Man, uh, and, I, and we all thought Jews were the smart ones. Am I right? Yeah, I thought so. I'm Tony Katz. Parents are pushing back very well against critical race theory and anti-racism in their schools, and that's why people are trying to change the goalposts on these parents. 
I mean, they called them racist and they called them bigots. And then they said, you don't understand what critical race theory is. And then they said, no, 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 we're, 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 we're not trying to bring politics in through our diversity, equity and inclusion officers. They keep changing the goalposts to try and get parents to stop noticing the bigotry involved and the indoctrination involved in this radical think. Tony Katz, so great to be with you. Tony Katz today. Now, what's the radical think? Because critical race theory has been around for years, as people will note. So you're you're only worried about it now because Tucker Carlson said something. Well, that's not true. Critical race theory certainly has a legal framework conversation. This is the idea that uh, policies in America are tainted by race and are therefore biased. Not necessarily true. But if you were to find something that was, you would want to eradicate it. Seem rational to me. People talk about redlining, right? Uh, people uh, who, who looked a certain way couldn't get mortgages. Oh, no, no, no. You couldn't get a mortgage in this part of town. You can get a mortgage in this part of town. But this part of town, the houses went up by 87%. And this part of town, over a 10-year period, and this part of town, they went up by 23%. So these people created far more wealth in group one than in group two. That's a legitimate argument right there. That's a valuable argument. What they don't talk about is red line happening to Jews as well and Koreans as well and others as well. You won't find anybody who favors redlining. And if it was existing, not only would I eradicate it as a policy, any bank that was involved in it, I would take away their ability to be a bank. I'd throw people in jail. Screw them. How about that? But none of that means you have to teach my children that, you know, because of color of skin, it's, it's bigotry, and they're connected to bigotry. They can never escape it. The critical race studies that we see from Ibram Kendi and from others and Layla Saad and, and, and Robin D'Angelo say that groups of people are guilty for their existence. And it teaches children to hate. And it's not just white parents who notice this. Parents who are black and Asian and Hispanic, all, all types and stripes, notice that it teaches their children to hate. And it's not just Republicans, which is another way they try to spin the issue. It is Republicans and liberals and independents and moderates and free and thinking people who say, wait a second. This very concept of critical race theory and anti-racism in the schools, these diversity, equity, inclusion officers go against the very concepts of civility where people are allowed to express themselves and engage in conversations. This is radicalized groupthink. But they keep moving the goalposts. PolitiFact, putting out a story. What is critical race theory and why are conservatives blocking it? Proof. Conservatives are blocking it? Free and thinking people across America. Parents are saying no. But PolitiFact has to make it political. Critical race theory is the new front in the Republican culture wars. It is? No, free speech is always the conversation of rational culture wars. Something that the political left is vehemently opposed to. They were opposed to it when they did it as critical race theory. They're opposed to it when they call it hate speech. They're opposed to it when they call it political correctness. They oppose free speech. But without free speech, you don't have a nation. You've got on gats. You ain't got nothings. 
people have to be able to speak in the public square and you can't be shouting them down and riding them as racist because they say something you disagree with. But that's what's happening. And to call it about Republicans is to try and divide parents. But the parents are doing too good of a job. All across the country, they're fighting. You know why they're fighting? They're fighting because in Oregon, a school there is voting on whether or not to have Black Lives Matter flags and pride flags next to the American flag in the classroom. Sorry, Black Lives Matter is completely inconsequential compared to the American flag. A Marxist organization? The gay pride flag is completely inconsequential compared to the American flag. Because you can be gay in the United States and not be attacked. And if you are, then we have an entire judicial system to take care of those people. That's why parents are fighting back. Because Lockheed Martin, the company, wants executives to attend white male privilege training. And they don't want that for their kids. Parents are doing a great job of fighting the bigotry. And school boards and superintendents better be aware they ain't stopping. This is Tony Katz today.